Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. You know, when you run a syndicated program like this, and we're on about four hundred plus stations all across the country, there's a lot going on in terms of elections, primaries, general elections, various news events, and so forth. But a syndicated program can't survive if every one of the affiliates decides. Well, we're going to go our own way when there's an election, when there's a primary, or there's something like that. See, this is the syndicated program. This is why we provide alternatives when the time comes. Because all of our affiliates are not supposed to preempt for these purposes. And so when that does happen, I encourage you, you can listen to satellite radio that never preempts us. You can listen online. Go to marklevinshow.com. You can go to the Mark Levin app, the iHeartRadio app. And many of your stations also have direct streaming as well. The world has changed. There's many ways to listen. There's many platforms. I believe in loyalty to my affiliates. As long as they're loyal to this show. It's very, very important. Elections, politics, current events, history. This is what we do here. That's the whole point of the program. This isn't a, uh, a music program. It's not a cooking program. This is what we do. This is our Super Bowl. Now, I have in front of me the motion that was filed by President Trump and his lawyers today. And we already have former federal this and that on TV saying, well, judge isn't going to appoint a special master and so forth. And I'll get into that in a moment. 
they have no idea what they're talking about. Maybe a judge will, maybe a judge won't. But in a case like this, they sure as hell should. And so let's take a little time going through this. And then I want to talk extensively about the upcoming election. Because I think something's happening that needs to be addressed. Now, what they wrote here in part in the filing today in federal court, Southern District of Florida, politics cannot be allowed to impact the administration of justice. President Donald Trump is the clear front runner in the 2024 Republican presidential primary and in the 2024 general election, should he decide to run. Beyond that, his endorsement in the 2022 midterm elections has been decisive for Republican candidates. On August 8, 2022, in a shockingly aggressive move, and with no understanding of the distress that it would cause most Americans, roughly two dozen special agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, directed by attorneys of the United States Department of Justice, raided the home of President Trump. According to the government, the agent seized documents, privileged and or potentially privileged materials and other items, including photos, handwritten notes, and even President Trump's passports that were outside the lawful reach of an already overbroad warrant. President Trump, like all citizens, is protected by the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. Property seized in violation of his constitutional rights must be returned forthwith. Now, this has been an issue I've been raising, the Fourth Amendment. And CNN and others have gotten it completely wrong in analyzing this already. They say, well, there were many occasions in which the Trump people could have raised it. No, the news organizations in Judicial Watch raised First Amendment issues. This is the Fourth Amendment. Law enforcement is a shield that protects Americans, cannot be used as a weapon, for political purposes. Therefore, we seek judicial assistance in the aftermath of an unprecedented and unnecessary raid on President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago on Palm Beach, Florida. And again, I want to remind you, the Department of Justice did this. There was no need for any of this. Now they want to protect sources. They want to protect their affidavit. No, the answer should be no. But it appears already today, this master who's a Trump hater in South Florida, who signed off on this search warrant, is becoming increasingly resistant to releasing very much in this affidavit that will matter. And just remember what the media were saying just a few days back, that Trump didn't want this affidavit released because it'll embarrass him. Well, Trump wants it released. Move and ask the government... The questions that any American citizen would ask under these circumstances, mainly, why raid my home with a platoon of federal agents when I voluntarily cooperated with your every request? What are you trying to hide from the public, given that you requested that I turn off all home security cameras and even refuse to allow my attorneys to observe what your agents were doing? Why have you refused to tell me what you took from my home? As set forth in detail below, the government has declined to provide even the most basic information about what was taken or why. However, the scanned information the government has provided, a vaguely word receipt for property in the warrant itself, raises significant Fourth Amendment questions about this unprecedented and unnecessary raid. 
For instance, the government has informed counsel for President Trump that privileged and or potentially privileged documents were among the items taken from his home. But the government has refused to provide any information regarding the nature of these documents. The Supreme Court has held that documents reflecting communications between a president and top advisors are presumptively privileged. U.S. versus Nixon. Protecting the integrity of these documents is important not only to the movement, but also to the institution, the presidency, the movement being president. Significantly, the government has refused to provide President Trump with any reason for the unprecedented general search of his home. To date, the government has failed to legitimize its historic decision to raid the home of a president who had been fully cooperative. Instead, faced with public backlash, the attorney general has taken the unheard of step of announcing at a press conference that he was willing to release portions of a sealed search warrant application. Government leaks to favored media outlets have provided ever-changing and inaccurate justifications, quote-unquote, for the politicized conduct of the FBI and Department of Justice. These unsupported so-called justifications by anonymous sources and in a breakdown in communications between President Trump's representatives and the government, or that there developed a need to obtain a search warrant. The actual chronology of events clearly establishes that there was no exigency for a forceful raid, and there is no basis for keeping information about the raid from the public. The president, therefore, requests that the court order the government to provide the information sought by this motion and to take other measures set forth in detail below in order to protect the president's constitutional rights under the Fourth Amendment. Still want to hear more, Mr. Producer? On January 20, 2021, President Trump and his family left the White House. They moved back to their home at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. Mar-a-Lago was a historic landmark, a mansion with 58 bedrooms, 33 baths on 17 acres of land, extending from the Atlantic Ocean to the intercoastal waterway, hence the name, which means Cedar Lake. Consistent with every modern presidential transition, staff conducted the move on a condensed time frame. That move, like home moves undertaken by most Americans, involved boxes. It was done during the day with the boxes in full view. In other words, he didn't steal or hide anything. After President Trump and his family settled back in their home, employees at the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, inquired as to whether any documents were inadvertently transferred by the movers to Mar-a-Lago. In January 2022, movement, the president, voluntarily asked NARA movers to come to Mar-a-Lago to receive 15 boxes of documents that had been brought by movers to Mar-a-Lago so that they could be transferred to the National Archives in Washington. And on February 2022, the archives made the following public statement. Throughout the course of the last year, the archives obtained the cooperation of Trump representatives to locate presidential records that had not been transferred to the National Archives at the end of the Trump administration. When a representative informed the archives in December 2021 that they had located some records So in other words, here's the Trump people informing the archives. The archives arranged for them to be securely transported to Washington. Archives officials did not visit or raid the Mar-a-Lago property. That's their statement in February of this year. Sometime thereafter, I'm reading you this because you're not going to get it from the press, ladies and gentlemen. 
Sometime thereafter, NAR employees involved the White House and DOJ in the matter of the voluntarily returned 15 NARA boxes. Movement, movement the president, was, con- was contacted because the 15 boxes contained documents from his administration that were protected by executive privilege. And the Movement's Council communicated with representatives of the White House, DOJ, and the Archives regarding these matters. On May 11, 2022, Movement voluntarily accepted service of a grand jury subpoena addressed to the custodian of records for the office of Donald Trump. First, we've heard this. Seeking documents bearing classification markings. President Trump determined that a search for documents bearing classification markings should be conducted even if the marked documents had been declassified, and his staff conducted a diligent search of the boxes that had been moved from the White House to Florida. On June 2, 2022, President Trump, through counsel, invited the FBI to come to Mar-a-Lago to retrieve the responsive documents. The next day, on June 3, 2022, Jay Bratt, chief of the Counterintelligence and Export Control Section, of the Department of Justice National Security Division, came to Mar-a-Lago. He personally came, the head of that division, accompanied by three FBI agents. President Trump greeted them in the dining room at Mar-a-Lago. There were two other attendees, the person designated as the custodian of the records for the office of President Trump and counsel for President Trump. Before leaving the group, President Trump's last words to Mr. Brad and the FBI agents were as follows, quote, whatever you need, just let us know. Unquote. Responsive documents were provided to the FBI agents. Mr. Brad asked to inspect a storage room. Counsel for President Trump advised the group that President Trump had authorized him to take the group into that room. The group proceeded to the storage room, escorted by two Secret Service agents. The storage room contained boxes, many containing the clothing and personal items of President Trump and the First Lady. When their inspection was completed, the group left the area. Once back in the dining room, one of the FBI agents said, thank you, you did not need to show us the storage room, but we appreciate it. Now it all makes sense, quote unquote. Counsel for President Trump then closed the interaction, advised the government officials they should contact him with any further needs on the matter. On June 8, 2022, Mr. Bratt wrote to counsel for President Trump. His letter requested in pertinent part that the storage room be secured. In response, President Trump directed his staff to place a second lock on the door to the storage room, and one was added. In the days that followed, President Trump continued to assist the government. For instance, members of his personal and household staff were made available for voluntary interviews by the FBI. On June 22, 2022, the government sent a subpoena to the custodian of records for the Trump organization, seeking footage from surveillance cameras at Mar-a-Lago. At President Trump's direction, service of that subpoena was voluntarily accepted and responsive video uh, footage was provided to the government. I have to take a break. We'll continue this when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. 
Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I'm going through these facts, ladies and gentlemen, because you haven't heard this before. And this is really the first time Trump and his people have been able to put them forward. And so it's very important that you know what's in front of this judge, what's in front of this court. And as I say, uh, you're not hearing any of this on TV or any of the uh, synopses that are out there in the media. This is a very short segment, but I want to continue. We'll continue after the break. Despite, again, this is the motion filed by the president's lawyers. Despite the voluntary assistance provided by President Trump, the government took the unprecedented step of requesting a search warrant for his home. The government sought an expansive and intrusive search of President Trump's office, all storage rooms, and, quote, all other rooms or areas with the premises used or available to be used by President Trump and his staff, and in which boxes or documents could be stored, unquote. The government also sought an expansive definition of property that it could seize, which included not only responsive documents and associated boxes, but also, quote, any other containers and boxes that are collectively stored or found together with the aforementioned documents and containers slash boxes. Essentially, the government secured court authorization to see boxes that just happened to be located near potentially responsive materials. The search warrant was signed at 12.12 p.m. on Friday, August 5, 2022. The government was given 14 days to execute the warrant. I want to get into this further because it's very compelling. Just the factual recitation, is it not? How unnecessary a search warrant is. And now now the cover-up, the cover-up of the affidavit, and now the leaks by the government, and now the the so-called mole or spies that are in Mar-a-Lago. I'm sure they'll be telling the truth no matter what. You see, it doesn't take a whole lot to bring an indictment where most of the uh, grand jurors are Democrats. And that's my great fear here. This is a complete setup. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today 
at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillstone, I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, it's a uh, very important matter, and I'll swing back to this in a minute. Epic Times, 4.9 million illegal aliens crossed the U.S. border in 18 months since Biden took office. That's almost 5 million. Almost a million gotaways. That is people who escaped. We don't know their identity. We don't know their backgrounds. We don't know anything. That's about the entire population of the country of Ireland, according to fair president Dan Stein. The entire population of Nebraska. In terms of the nearly 5 million. Start thinking about these things. More than twice the size of the city of Philadelphia. Where are they? Now, in a Supreme Court ruling about, if memory serves, 40 years ago, illegal alien children have a right to a public education. So we have many things going on here that are really quite remarkable. Number one, you have the fleeing of the public schools by American citizen children at a rate never seen before. I guess you have the number of illegal alien children that are attending public schools at a number we've never seen before. And so we have the Secretary of Education who is a radical kook hack who defends the educational bureaucracy, including the NEA and AFT, saying we don't have enough teachers. So, of course, they need to be paid more. Now, the fact is, I know exactly what's going on here. They want to go to a four-day work week. That's what's going on here. Not enough teachers. The classrooms are too big. Let's go to a four-day school week. They've been wanting this forever. Forever. A four-day school week. So we can have even dumber kids. Not through the fault of the kids, but the people who have to send their kids to public school. So that's what's going on here, in my view. The kids were never primary with the educational bureaucrats, the NEA, the AFT, or the Democrats, for that matter. So your parents better speak up and speak out. This is all part of a furthering of an agenda. For the Democrat Party, for their unions, it's like doubling the size of the IRS when the unions at the IRS and the Treasury Department give over 95% of their campaign donations to Democrats. It's all a sham. It's all a scam. I mean, look at the numbers here. Maybe this is why the borders are opened, among other reasons. Replacement theory, you know. They don't want to replace the leaving school kids with illegal aliens. No! 
But the Democrat Party and their media have not explained yet why our borders are open. When you consider all the horrific inhumanity and crime that's taking place. And the fentanyl coming in and the drug cartels getting footholds. And the sex trafficking and the molesting of little kids and the raping of women. They control the border, the Democrats. Why is it open? All right, let's get back. Back to this excellent filing by the Trump lawyers. And no, I didn't get an advanced copy. I just printed it out. Belying any actual urgency, the lawyers for the president write, the government waited three days until Monday, August 8, to execute the search warrant. Early in the morning on August 8, a group of roughly two dozen FBI agents gathered on the premises at Mar-a-Lago, carrying boxes and other items. At approximately 9.10 a.m., Mr. Bratt telephoned counsel for President Trump and informed him that a group of FBI agents was at Mar-a-Lago to execute a search warrant. Heated discussion ensued as to why the government did not make a voluntary request to further explore the premises, given the expanse of assistance that President Trump had provided to that point. Mr. Bratt then made several requests. The first request made by Mr. Bratt was that all closed-circuit TV cameras at Mar-a-Lago be turned off. Now, why is that, folks? Why is that? So you and I can't see, and so no court can see what took place. That's why. It's like the old East German Stasi. Everything's done in secret, undercover. Pursuant to Mar-a-Lago policy, and in the absence of any court order directing such a measure, this request was declined. Mr. Brad also requested the names of any attorneys who might arrive at Mar-a-Lago on behalf of President Trump. In turn, counsel for President Trump requested a copy of the search warrant and affidavit in support and asked to be provided with a list of anything seized once the search was completed. Mr. Bratt declined to provide the search warrant and affidavit, stating that after the FBI agents finished their search, Mr. Trump would be provided with a copy of the search warrant and a receipt of the property, but not the affidavit. Now, ladies and gentlemen, maybe, maybe I missed this. When somebody knocks on your door and says, I'm the FBI, I'm here to search your home. They are to present you with a search warrant. Not after the fact, but in order to gain entry to your home. Among other actions taken after being notified of this unprecedented event, counsel for President Trump contacted three attorneys in the general area who agreed to go to Mar-a-Lago. <coughs> Excuse me. Once they arrived, they requested the ability to enter the mansion in order to observe what the FBI agents were doing, which the government declined to permit. Now, you're in President Trump's home, and the FBI won't let lawyers for the president at that point to go into his home. Why? Well, you know, in the usual court, I didn't ask the usual, Why? After approximately nine hours, the FBI concluded its search. An FBI agent provided one of the attorneys who had been waiting outside for nearly the full nine hours with a copy of the search warrant. The FBI also provided a three-page receipt for property. 
That list provided almost no information that would allow a reader to understand what was seized or the precise location of the items. On August 11, 2022, counsel for President Trump spoke with Mr. Brett by phone. The first item it discusses was a message from President Trump to Attorney General Merrick Garland. President Trump said President Trump wants the Attorney General to know that he's been hearing from people all over the country about the raid. There's one word to describe their mood. It is angry. The heat is building up. The pressure is building up. Whatever I can do to take the heat down, to bring the pressure down, just let us know. Wow. How about that? No credit for that, of course. In addition, counsel for President Trump to ask Mr. Bratt, one, to provide a copy of the affidavit, two, to agree to the appointment of a special master to protect the integrity of privileged documents, three, to provide a detailed list of exactly what was taken from President Trump's home and where it had been located in the mansion, and four, to allow counsel to the president the ability to inspect what had been seized. Mr. Bratt declined all four requests. To end the call, counsel for President Trump requested requested that all on the call keep the lines of communication open. Just hours after the August 11 telephone call, Attorney General Merrick Garland took the unusual step of holding a press conference to deliver remarks regarding the search of Mar-a-Lago and the government's motion to unseal the search warrant and receipt of the property. Mr. Garland made no mention of President Trump's clear and unequivocal message to him. In fact, the government made no response at all to President Trump's invitation to help reduce public consternation with the government after the raid. Instead, Merrick Garland stated in pertinent part, just now the Justice Department has filed a motion and you know the rest. He then stated regarding the issuance and execution of the search warrant that he personally approved it. And that the department doesn't take such a decision lightly. Where possible, he quotes, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. Is this still interesting to you, Mr. Producer? Very. The public statement is deeply troubling given that President Trump is the clear front runner in the 2024 Republican presidential primary and in the 2024 general election should he decide to run. The statement clearly suggests that the decision to raid Mar-a-Lago a mere 90 days before the 2022 midterm elections involved political calculations aimed at diminishing the leading voice in the Republican Party, President Trump. All facts laid out herein show that there was a complete cooperation between President Trump, his team, and the appropriate agencies. Mr. Garland's remarks stray from long-standing department policy. The decision by the Attorney General to conduct a hasty prepared, hastily prepared press conference to announce his intention to release the search warrant and receipt for property was an ill-founded reaction to the public outcry that followed the raid on President Trump's home. Now, when we come back, I will tell you what they argue, what it is that they are seeking. Because if I don't tell you, nobody will tell you. That's the bottom line. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I saw my buddy Carl Rove on Trey Gowdy's show last night, two buddies, and uh, they were talking about why are the Republican ratings not better in these different states and so forth. Well, candidate selection, you see, number one, because Carl's very tight with the establishment, as we know, and with McConnell, so they don't like some of the candidates. As if we had some rhinos in some of these states, as if they'd be ahead, but they wouldn't be. And I want to talk about this later in the program. Just a difference of opinion. And number two, all this focus on Trump taking away, you know, the... uh, the movement behind these Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, this is about tyranny. This is about freedom. This is about the Constitution. It's not just some election or something you can blow off. This war on Trump is led by the same people who are leading a war on our voting system who are leading a war on our Supreme Court, who are leading a war on our history, on our border. This is what I try to say, the Republican establishment. Nothing personal. They don't get it. They don't get it. Let me coin a phrase here right now, so you'll hear it regurgitated on radio and TV. But let me coin it. We are in the midst of an American Cold War. We are in the midst of an American Cold War. Where the forces of liberty are defending themselves against the forces of tyranny. The latter of which is using the law, education, the media entertainment, open borders, the economy, taxes and regulations to crush and devour the former. This is an American Cold War. I don't call it a civil war because it's not an armed war. It is a Cold War. That's what's taking place. And when you have politicians and operatives the Republican side who don't recognize it, it's a huge problem. And when you have Republican politicians, like a McConnell and others, 
are actually giving aid and comfort to the wrong side of the Cold War, it is a huge problem. These are not normal times. These are not normal times. These are grave times, and everybody knows it. I can't read all of this, but I'm trying to read the most important parts. You have the factual recitation in this motion. And I'm reading it cold, much of which I, I wasn't aware of, and you weren't aware of, because of the media censorship. They say, prior to any indictment and the availability of various grounds of suppression from evidence at trial, the mechanism that protects the rights of the individual from unreasonable searches and seizures is Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 41G. The rule specifically contemplates protecting the rights of citizens who've been aggrieved by an unlawful search and seizure. See, ladies and gentlemen, the Fourth Amendment is there to protect you. Search warrants are actually intended to protect you with layers of protection. Even as the government has dug in against transparency in the instant matter, fighting release of the affidavit and claiming a redacted version would be worthless due to the need to hide the actual substance of the sworn statement. There are significant red flags that implicate Trump's Fourth Amendment rights and cry out for judicial intervention by way of special master monitoring and discovery assistance. Now, when we come back... I will finish up with my summation of what it is that they want and why they want it. But there's no question in my mind that Donald Trump citizen has been terribly aggrieved here. And Donald Trump, former president, well, this is just absolutely unbelievable. And future potential candidate and president. This is third world stuff. This is horrific. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We lead the path here on these issues. Look, I don't lead the path on all issues. I don't cook. So, you know, people who talk about cooking, they're way ahead of me. Excuse me. I don't play tennis. People talk about tennis, they're way ahead of me. I don't fish. But when it comes to history and economics, when it comes to the Constitution and the rule of law, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. So we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, which applies to you, too. Permitting agents, they write in this motion, to seize boxes of documents merely because they are physically found together with boxes of other items, purportedly within the scope of the warrant, is clearly overbroad. And they cite to uh, both circuit and Supreme Court precedent, of which there's a ton. 
So remember, this is here to protect you. The Fourth Amendment's here to protect you. Boxes of personal documents, photographs, items such as clothing are by definition not contraband. They must not be lawfully seized. In fact, the search warrant's broad scope was in violation of the Fourth Amendment's particularity requirement. Where'd you hear that first? And thus the warrant permitted a general search, prohibited as unconstitutional, since red-coated soldiers created the need for the requirement in the first place. The investigation regarding President Trump's return to the 15 archives boxes involved a referral to the Department of Justice based on questions relating to documents falling within the President's Records Act. But the PRA accords the president virtually complete control over his records during his term of office. There is no criminal enforcement mechanism or penalty. The Department of Justice National Security Division recognized that deficiency and then decide to recategorize this case as relating to national security materials. This is a brilliant point. Simply to manufacture a basis to seek a search warrant. Relatedly and importantly, did the National Security Division in the FBI mischaracterize the types of documents it sought to seize as an effort to avoid the lack of enforcement mechanism in the Presidential Records Act? Now let's slow down on this. So what they're saying here, to put a fine point on it, is the Presidential Records Act has no enforcement mechanism. So they wanted to get their hands on all the records. So they used national security as an excuse. Under controlling Supreme Court precedent, a search warrant violates a person's Fourth Amendment rights and is invalid if the affiant either makes material misstatements or makes a material omission in the affidavit. And this is why they want to see the affidavit. Did the Department of Justice mischaracterize or omit from its affidavit the true extent of the president's cooperation? Press reports by anonymous government sources raised this issue. And you see, this is very, very bad because even the president's lawyers, they're saying, we want to see this affidavit so we can, so we can address it to a court. And the Department of Justice is saying no, and the master's saying no. And a lot of former federal prosecutors, given their own bias in their own past careers, saying no. But you do have a right to defend yourself, right? Did the affidavit, did the affiant, that is signing the affidavit, to the warrant fairly disclose any pretextual or dual purpose at work in obtaining the warrant? This is me talking about the January 6th committee. For example, the receipt for property largely fails to identify seized boxes with particularity. But it does refer to the seizure of an item labeled executive granted clemency regarding Roger Jason Stone Jr. Aside from demonstrating that this was an unlawful general search, but also suggests that DOJ simply wanted the camel's nose under the tent so they could rummage for either politically helpful documents or support other efforts to thwart President Trump from running again such as the January 6th investigation. So you can see we were ahead of the curve, way, way ahead. Interesting, in the government's response to motions to unseal the search warrant affidavit, 
The government claims public exposure of the affidavit would, quote, jeopardize this investigation and other high-profile investigations. Quote, unquote, other high-profile investigations. Quote, unquote. You know what? Brilliant point. There you go. The phrasing suggests that DOJ has other interests at work than simply collecting documents with classification markings. And finally, the elements of national security statutes, such as those referenced by the search warrant, as well as the administrative process of classification and declassification, are complex matters. Did the person who signed the affidavit fully disclose the strictures of these statutes, as well as the president's overarching authority to declassify them? Did he or she disclose that there are public statements by those with knowledge indicating that documents sought in this search had been declassified? These are the types of material omissions that implicate, and they point to a case, establish a clear violation of President Trump's Fourth Amendment rights. Yes, I believe it was completely unconstitutional. I really do. Want to hear more? There's a lot more. This is a very serious, very substantive, in my view, very convincing document that has been signed. They want a special master appointed by the court. It can be any lawyer or retired judge, among others, to take the documents out of the hands of the Department of Justice, which, in fact, has tainted this entire process with this unconstitutional search. But whether the court reaches that result or not is beside the point. This is a highly public matter now. The Department of Justice has no credibility whatsoever. And the benefit of a special master is not only to go through the documents, but to go through, I would argue, the chain of custody of each and every document. Because there are documents there, attorney-client privileged and otherwise executive privileged that might be asserted by the president to see if this entire process has been tainted. They say the government must provide an informative receipt for property. In other words, they want a detailed list of every damn thing that was taken out of there. And you have that right, too. A detailed list of everything that was taken out of there. And they immediately want returned any item seen that was not within the scope of the search, even as broad as the so- uh, scope was. Such as attorney-client privilege, potentially executive privilege. In other words, the president has a right to assert his privileges. As a regular citizen, there's attorney-client privilege and other privileges. And as a former president, he might want to assert certain things were declassified or certain things uh, were his, belonged to him. And a hundred other reasons they may want to make an assertion. And they can't do it because they don't have a detailed list of exactly what was taken. In all those boxes, 27 boxes on this unbelievably broad search. This is an excellent piece of lawyering and litigation here, folks. Just so you know, you now know more than anybody else because none of the media are going through it. And I only went through about 40% of it with the great detail that we did here. And that's the benefit of having a three-hour talk show. You can take the time and do it. You don't get three hours on television. 
Most podcasts are like 45 minutes to 60 minutes tops. That's the benefit of it. But this is very important to understand this. Very important. Then we have this from Hot Air. Jazz Shaw, the government is continuing its highly successful campaign, quote-unquote, to identify and convict any person that can conceivably be tied in any way to the Capitol Hill riot on January 6th. The latest two people to be dragged before a magistrate and plead guilty were a pair of sisters, Trudy Castle and Kimberly DeFrancesco. The two freely admitted to having been at the riot and entering the Capitol building after someone dropped a dime on them to the authorities, pointing to social media footage showing them inside the building. Last Wednesday, they both entered their guilty pleas after the prosecution settled on a charge of misdemeanor parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a restricted area. They face sentencing on November 22 when they could get up to six months behind bars. They're each going to pay $500 in fines. The two sisters from Illinois pleaded guilty to joining the breach. And they say, as we've done here with previous January 6th convictions, let's take a look at what is definitely known about the activities of the sisters on that day. Both women showed up at the Capitol building, along with the rest of the crowd who walked over from the White House. They were not near the front of the crowd, and they remained out of the plaza while the first wave of rioters broke through the windows and doors and began entering the building. The two women followed them inside later. The CBS News coverage linked spends more time describing the outfits that the women were wearing than anything else. That's because the videos don't show much of anything. The women are seen, quote, walking around inside the Capitol, unquote. It appears that at one point, their Francesco was talking on either a handheld radio or cell phone. They entered the building at 20, at 2.20 p.m., 2.20 p.m., and left around 3. They later considered going back a second time, but at that point, the lines of Capitol Police were blocking the entrances, so they left, and they went home. That's it. They didn't do anything else. That's the entirety of their quote-unquote crime wave. The women are guilty of trespassing, plain and simple. Yes, trespassing in the Capitol building is against the law, except, of course, if you work for the Colbert program. But trespassing in general is a crime that is rarely prosecuted without the trespassers engaging in other illegal or violent actions on top of it. Typically, a, a violator gets a small fine, maybe community surface, particularly when they have no prior record, which seems to be the case here. But these women weren't just trespassing in the eyes of government. They were parading. And now they might do six months in jail. Six months in jail. Another woman showed up in court to plead guilty this week. Her name is Catherine Schwab. She's from Texas. She joined in with the rioters along with her two friends, Jenna Ryan and Jason Lee Highland. Both of them had already pleaded guilty to entering the Capitol and were sentenced to 60 days and one week behind bars, respectively. That's apparently a bad thing if you're trespassing. Just as a periodic reminder, there is yet to be a single prosecution, he says, I could find of any of the people who were setting fire to the federal court building and police cruisers during the BLM riots that unfolded during the Summer of Love. These sentences for the rioters would be shocking under any other circumstances. But the reality is that we now live in an era of selective enforcement of the law and unequal sentencing for similar or identical crimes. 
It's the politicization of the justice system. It's being done right before our eyes. It's America's Cold War. It's exactly what it is. And we're losing. That is why it's very, very important to confront it and expose it and talk about it. I know I'm not a political operative or consultant for the establishment, but I do know tyranny when I see it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. All right, America, let's begin a different journey, shall we? The elections. One thing I'm noticing is we have a lot of suckers among us. And I'm talking about in broadcasting, TV and radio. Who are taking the bait. Now what do I mean by this? The Democrat Party hates this country. It is nefarious in what it does and how it does it. Remember the dossier and all the rest of it. I won't waste your time going through it all. They're full of dirty tricks, and a lot of their tricks are done in the openness of the day, right in front of your face. And it involves the media. Because the media, as you know from Unfreedom of the Press, and we've talked about endlessly, are nothing more than a mouthpiece for American Marxism, the home of which is the Democrat Party. So when you look at a state like Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz, don't you find it strange that some conservatives seem to be more against Oz than they are the Democrat running against him, Fetterman? Fetterman is an extremist. Pennsylvania is not an extremist state. Other extremists in Philadelphia and so forth, but the state as a whole is not the most extreme and radical aspects of Philadelphia. It's got 11, 12 million people, and Pennsylvania is a very diverse state, racially, ethnically, in terms of religion, people's backgrounds. Pennsylvania could be three different states in that respect. People of Pennsylvania as a whole support the death penalty. 
the people in Pennsylvania as a whole oppose abortion on demand. There is a significant Catholic presence in Pennsylvania. Significant. As well as evangelical. Jewish, too, around the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh areas especially. But there is this diversity of ethnicity and this traditional conservatism. That's how somebody like Rick Santorum could win. Now, in 2006, when George Bush was president and the architect and the rest were in, in office, we lost everything, including the Senate. When Bush had come in in 2000, he inherited a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Well, he destroyed the Republican Senate. You have all these so-called rhino experts who are telling us how to win, and yet they always lose. They always lose. And in 2000, of course, it took a big battle over the Electoral College. Okay, that aside. The problem we're having, folks, and I will expand on this after the break, is a lack of unity within the Republican Party. And so we actually have a number of things going on that could elect more Democrats, but should not. When you have people who are trashing Dr. Oz, I brought J.D. Vance on this program to support him. Or they're trashing Herschel Walker, or they're trashing this one or the other one. And they claim to be Republicans. Or they claim to be moderates, or they claim to be whatever they are. Maybe even MAGA, maybe even populist. They're giving aid and comfort to some of the most radical candidates in this country. I'll expand on this when I return. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code LEVINPODCAST for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and get one month free. You're listening to Denali. The Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, the federal government has apparently passed a bill that funds an enormous amount of money for victims of drinking water, I think, at Camp Lejeune some uh, 30, 40 years ago. Have you been seeing these commercials, Mr. Producer? Everywhere you see the slip and fall lawyers, don't you? Here's the little dirty secret. I talked about the teachers union. I talked about the IRS and Treasury Department union. 
the massive amounts of your money that flows into the Democrat Party, you pay all these salaries. The slip and fall lawyers and the teachers unions are the two biggest donors to the Democrat Party. The two biggest. So the Democrat Party is like a mob operation. It takes money off the top because it knows that it's going to get all kinds of massive dark money from the trial lawyers. Have you noticed they never target the trial lawyers? When's the last hearing on trial lawyers and their 35, 40% cash grabs and class action suits? Have you seen those? There aren't any. Or the hearings on the price of colleges and universities. You seen those? No. In other words, they protect theirs. How about the abuses of public, public sector unions? I know they want to attack the cops and the firefighters. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the paper pushers. The massive federal bureaucracy. When's the last time they held a hearing on that? The Democrat? They never do. It's another donor base. So they create these donor bases. So I'm watching this Camp Lejeune stuff. It's nonstop. Hey, uh, were you drinking water at Camp Lejeune, uh, Marine Base Camp Lejeune, between 1950 and 1987? I'm watching. It's right on the TV now. Marines and family, Camp Lejeune alert. Here's an 800 number. Water contaminated. Hazard water. It's one law firm after another. One slip and fall ambulance chaser after another. And by the way, if you suffer from anything, anything, they say they can tie it back to the water you drank at Camp Lejeune. Turned down in the past, now you can file a claim. They have the negligence, <coughs> excuse me, cholera. They have the negligence network. They give their firms new names. And really is, it's a, it's a call system. You call in and they do this. It's incredible. Like I, there's commercial. I'm a veteran too, but now I'm an attorney and I'm here to help you. You're paying for all of it. And now you know why the trial lawyers are never investigated, never questioned. When you drive up and down Ocean Avenue with these mansions on the ocean in Palm Beach, Florida, many of them where where do they get this money from? Well, some of them are industrialists. Many of them are class action litigators. Remember the days of the attacking the tobacco companies and so forth. Many of them are class action litigators. They they make so much money. They buy these compounds on the ocean and elsewhere. It's what they do. They make money off government. A lot of times you might say, all these people who are rich, why do they vote for the left and the Democrat Party? Because they feed off of government. Many businesses feed off of government. Many businesses need government to shut down other businesses. You know that law they passed the other week with all the money and the regulations and everything? If you're not a union shop... You don't get most of the money. So in states where unions are less prevalent than others, what do you do? 
What do you do? I'm not putting unions down. I'm just saying I don't like this this effort by the Democrat Party to own the labor force. And of course, they screw the labor force. Left and right. I have a lot more I want to talk about on these elections, too. If you allow media propagandists or others, phony experts, you're the expert, you are where you live, to divide the GOP, we will lose seats. There's no reason people shouldn't rally around J.D. Vance at this point. No reason. And I tell you, as a conservative who backed one of his main opponents, but I know as his opponent, this Tim Ryan, is a phony and a fraud. He voted with Nancy Pelosi all the time. Now he's pretending to be a moderate. There are no moderate Democrats running for office anymore. Please hear me. None. Every damn one of them voted to expand the size of the IRS by 100%. The IRS is expanding agents by 100% in the middle of a recession where most of you are sweating it. Sweating it. Pennsylvania. There's no reason you shouldn't get behind Dr. Oz. The big issue is he has five homes. Who cares? Notice the Democrats don't mind when Obama has five homes. They never mind when Obama has five homes. Fetterman and his family are multimillionaires, and this slob has been living on his parents' dime, even in their homes, since he was 50 years old. 50 years old! This lurching figure. So why do the Democrats want him? The same reason they wanted Biden. They don't care if he has an IQ of a cucumber. They don't care if he can't walk or talk. They don't care if he won't engage. He's a vote. He's a proxy for the hard left. So Pennsylvania, aren't you sick of this? No, he's for the people. I'll get to that in a minute. And in Georgia, what's the guy's name? Wonky or something or other, Warnock. He's a complete left-wing kook. Don't believe what the media tell you about Herschel Walker. They lie. They're liars. Arizona, these other states, you got to get behind these candidates. And I would say the same to Mitch McConnell. We started here talking about McConnell. It's picked up elsewhere, and we're glad about that. McConnell is, he's a has-been. And despite his connections with think tanks in Washington, D.C., and corporatists, and media titans, and all the rest, if we don't win the Senate, it's due to McConnell, not to the quality of our candidates. Why, only rhinos are quality candidates? Is Mitch McConnell a quality senator? They even say, you know, he's at least good with judges. Uh, Hello, anybody would be good over that issue. The Democrats fired the first shot on the filibuster of circuit court judges. It's not that Mitch McConnell's such a genius. But he's the problem. President Trump says McConnell should do more to help Republicans get elected. Calls him a broken down political hack, and he's exactly right. 
You heard what McConnell said when Liz Cheney lost, didn't you, Mr. Producer? He said nothing. He didn't say anything. He hated the Tea Party 12 years ago. He hates MAGA. It's the Tea Party and MAGA that gives him the numbers that he has in the Senate. And yet he's... Look at the quality of the candidates we have here. We need more top candidates, you know. Like Cornyn and Soon. And all the other unknown no-names to the rest of the country who basically don't do a damn thing. But that's what's going on. Uh, He's got a fortune in the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Because he changed the cap on how much that entity could raise tenfold because he controls it. Now apparently he's putting money into J.D. Vance's campaign. He's putting money, I believe, into Oz's campaign. And that's a good thing. But you don't help yourself when you say, oh, the quality of the candidates, you know, quality of the candidate. How about the quality of their candidates there, Mitch? How about the quality of Fetterman and Warnock and Tim Ryan? Why don't you talk about that? That's what a leader does. And why don't you tell them the three, four, five issues that you're all coalescing around? You're not. The prevent defense sucks. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Did you see that UFC fight? The headline fight, Mr. Producer. I watched it. Except for the fourth round. This guy Edwards was getting beaten and beaten badly by the champ. Whose name I can never pronounce, but he's a good guy from Nigeria. Speaks perfect English. They're actually both good guys. The champ was from Nigeria. His challenger's from Jamaica originally, living in in England. Both good guys. And both unbelievable fighters. So this guy Edwards may have won the first round, kind of very close. I'm telling you this for a reason. Second round he lost. Third round he lost. Fourth round he looked very bad. So I stopped watching, and I paid a lot to watch it on my iPhone. And then I decided, you know what, I paid for the damn thing. Let me watch the fifth round, luckily. So I returned to it. I've been watching the Gem Shopping Network on the fourth round, Mr. Producer. So I went back to the UFC, and out of nowhere... The kick that changed the UFC. It was the greatest comeback I've ever seen. And this champ is a champ. I mean, he's like 27 and 1. He was getting close to the record on the most wins in a row as champion defending his belt. And out of nowhere, this guy Edwards, who looked exhausted, looked like he gave up, faked a right kick kicked him with his left foot, left leg, across the side of his face and knocked him out with a minute or so to go. Maybe two minutes. Knocked him out. Shocked and stunned everybody, including the three commentators and me and everybody. Point is, you don't count people out. Dr. Oz, J.D. Vance, 
Herschel Walker, others whose names are not on the tip of my tongue. You don't count them out. You fight like hell. So you can't have a guy like Mitch McConnell and his sycophants or others who think they're smarter than everybody else talking down the candidates. It'd be like somebody in this guy's name was Leon Edwards. Somebody in his corner saying, you know, Leon, we... Equality. We we should have picked somebody else. You're not exactly a quality fighter, there, Leon. That's not what you want. That's not what you want. McConnell has to go. He really has to go. He is a uh, he's a he is a uh, he's a negative. He's a deficit. He's not. He raises a lot of money. That's where he gets his power. He has a lot of control over all these decades. I think he's 80 years old or whatever he is. He's been there forever. But he's a problem. And when you get outwitted by Joe Manchin, who has the intelligence of a... uh, of what? Of an ice cream cone? That's pretty bad. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. There's a columnist in the New York Times that's urging... Congress to bypass the Constitution. Now, why would the New York Times run this, and what is this columnist saying? I want to talk about this next hour. Those of you in New York who want to hear about the Democrat primaries tomorrow, continue to listen to WABC, our great mothership. If you want to hear this show live, you can hear us on the Patriot Channel satellite. You can hear us on Mark Levin app, iHeartRadio app, you can hear us on direct streaming on marklevinshow.com or your local station streaming. And, of course, our podcast. We've got multiple ways to listen to this program. Very, very important, I think. And that's the future. That's the way it works. Now, after the top of the hour, there's an individual who writes a piece in the New York Times telling Congress Bypass the broken Constitution. Bypass the broken Constitution. I'm telling you, this is America's Cold War. These people are not interested in just winning a few policy battles and a few votes. They are trying to sink the ship America. That's what they're doing. 
And I want to unravel this and expose it when we return. I'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811, by the way. Tony Fauci's retiring in December, he says. I would tell Senator Rand Paul, I would tell all the politicians in Washington, particularly the Republics, send him a letter now and make sure he doesn't remove any documents. Because I can assure you this Department of Justice won't care. I can assure you this National Archives won't care if he does. So before he skips town, tell him to save all his documents. There's another thing I would do. Every single individual that comes before a Republican-controlled committee, God willing, and is under penalty of perjury when they testify, you ask them. how they've handled classified information. 
because it's not just a matter of taking them when you leave. It's a matter of bringing them home when you're not supposed to, even to read them overnight. Every single Department of Justice official, every single FBI official, you ask Christopher Ray if he was reading classified information in his vehicle on the private jet that they give him, the G5, at his home. You ask the Attorney General, the Deputy Attorney General, the Associate Attorney General, the Assistant Attorneys General, and drag that U.S. Attorney's ass in front of your committee too, that Matthew Graves, and ask him too. And of course, Congress isn't exempt either. Neither are cabinet secretaries. Ooh. New York Times guest essay calls for liberals to bypass broken constitution, making it more amendable. Fox News, Nicholas Lanham. New York Times guest essay argued, liberals, meaning Marxists, there are no liberals anymore need to stop caring about the broken Constitution and instead find other roads to enact policy or perhaps make the world's longest surviving charter more amendable. According to Dr. Ryan D. Dufler and Dr. Samuel Moyne, the solution is not to reclaim the Constitution from Republicans, but rather reclaim America from constitutionalism. Oh, they're out of the closet. The duo's out of the closet. Constitutions, the authors argued, reorient our country to the past and misdirect in the present, causing disputes over interpretations, what people believed centuries ago, and not on what the present and future demand. The authors asserted the Constitution is inadequate, serving only to benefit reactionaries. Starting with a text that is famously undemocratic, they write, progressives are forced to navigate hard-wired features like the Electoral College and the Senate, designed as impediments to redistributive change, while drawing on much vaguer and more malleable resources like commitments to due process and equal protection. The pair admitted that it's difficult to find a constitutional basis for labor unions or abortions in a document, quote, written largely by affluent men more than two centuries ago, unquote. Really? So only affluent men benefit from separation of powers and the lack of concentration of power. Really? Only affluent men benefit from freedom of speech and freedom of association and freedom of religion from government. Only affluent men benefit from the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. Only affluent men benefit from due process and equal protection. And search warrants based on probable cause, stating with particularity what they're searching for. Only affluent men. Only affluent men benefit from the Constitution. Interesting. And a lie. Starting with a text that is famously undemocratic. Yes, it's undemocratic. It creates a society that believes in republicanism. These guys are arguing for the French Revolution, which was 10 years of terrorism. They're Marxists in their mindset. 
Perry admitted it's difficult to find a constitutional basis for what they support. They added that leaving democracy hostage to the Constitution is challenging and demands extraordinary consensus in order to achieve meaningful progress. Always the word progress when it has nothing to do with progress, power. They wrote, it will not be easy, but a new way of fighting within American democracy must start with a more open politics of altering our fundamental law, perhaps in the first place by making the Constitution more amendable than it is now. Another way to make America more democratic, according to them, is to pack the country with more states. Doing so would allow Americans to then use the formal amendment process to alter the basic... No, in other words, they want to... They want to change the system so they never lose. That's all. The piece also suggested that Congress could just pass an act that reorganized the legislature to more fairly represent where people vote and live. Get it? So the more power Washington has, these guys, the more democratic it is. This is the schizophrenia or the bull crap that they offer you. The less you know about government, the more decisions are made about your lives without your input, the more democratic it is. You understand? Well, that's Marx. You can only truly find your freedom. Maximize your interests if you're part of the whole, which makes no sense. Because you have to surrender it to be part of the whole. In so doing, they write, Congress would be pretty openly defying the Constitution to get a more democratic order. And for that reason, we need to insulate the law from judicial review. This solution would ensure that basic structures of government, such as whether to elect the president by majority vote or whether to limit judges to fixed terms, could be decided by the current electorate rather than the words from a foggy past. Democratic politicians and members of left-leaning news groups repeatedly criticized the Constitution, of course. And many a New York Times columnist deemed originalists dangerous, claimed that the Supreme Court is an instrument of oppression. The Nation magazine, commie, correspondent Ellie Mustel, this is the bigot that's constantly on MSNBC, in my view, argued in March the Constitution was drafted by a bunch of rich white politicians making deals with each other, owned slaves, and didn't allow non-white people to have a voice. At the time, Mistel doubled down on his claim that the Constitution is actually trash. Comment he made previously on ABC, The, the View. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I tell you we're in American Cold War. And you MAGA folks, conservatives, however you identify, self-identify, this is what we're up against. This is why you're furious and frustrated. This is why you're worried about the future. The language doesn't matter. They change that. Your kids aren't learning. They're being brainwashed. The news isn't news. It's propaganda. You have uh, demagogues throughout the culture. And of course, they have to try and silence and attack people like me who will not bend. We're not right-wingers, you and I. We're not white nationalists. We're none of these things. 
And they even say constitutional originalists are dangerous. The Constitution is dangerous. America's dangerous. This is a counter-revolution to the American Revolution. Read the first chapter of American Marxism. And I'll tell you a little secret. For the last several months, I've been working on another book project. I can't get into it. It's way, way, way too early. It is, how shall we say, evolving. The more I read, the more I write, the more things change and they evolve. But we will use every asset I have. Radio, cable TV, digital TV, book writing, every asset I have under the First Amendment to fight back. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, of course, these schemes typically come out of our Ivy League schools. Uh, these two knuckleheads, Ryan Dorfler and Samuel Moyne, Dorfler teaches law at Harvard, and Moyne teaches law at Yale. And they're not the first, and they won't be the last. And so now you know why we have these radical commies in Congress and elsewhere in the media who push for these sorts of things. No big deal to pack the courts. No big deal to attack the independence of the Supreme Court. No big deal to end separation of powers if, if you're in power. No big deal to violate the Fourth Amendment, and the specificity requirement of government search warrants. If it's Donald Trump you're going after, what's the problem? After all, you cannot have, you must not have, debate, free speech, competition, when you're changing the world. You must have conformity and uniformity. That's what's compelled. That's what's compelled. And I explained this last night, Life, Liberty, and Levin, during my monologue. And that's why you have a Justice Department doing what it's doing. I just told you these two men come out of Harvard and Yale Law Schools. And they're not alone. Many of the people at the Justice Department go to these very same schools and graduated from them as well. They will use the Constitution, as I say, all the time to destroy the Constitution. And that's what they're doing. Then they wave it around, equal justice under the law and equity and so forth. They don't believe in any of that. They don't believe in any of that. They want to redraft the Constitution by hook or by crook. Justice Jackson, who will soon be ruling from the court, wants to do exactly the same thing. And they are prepared to threaten Supreme Court justices. They are prepared to send their mobs to the homes of Supreme Court justices to the summer locations of the justices, to the restaurants where they, where they might go for dinner or whatever, to threaten them. When Chuck Schumer threatened two Supreme Court justices, that was great. 
when they lied and smeared and character assassinate Kavanaugh. No problem with that. It's the cause. When they pushed the 1619 Project, a racist project, and critical race theory, a racist ideology, into the public square, through the news media, and also through their teachers' unions, either deny that it exists, or they defend it to the hilt. That's who these people are. They're not really worried about classified information, folks. They defended Alger Hiss for half a century. They're not really worried about it. Daniel Ellsberg in the Pentagon Papers violated the Espionage Act. They have great sympathy, or did, for Daniel Ellsberg. And I could go on and on and on about their faux concerned about classified documents. Hillary Clinton. Do you know of any Democrat who criticized Hillary Clinton and what she did with classified documents? Had a server in her basement? She violated more laws than one could throw a stick at. Nothing. And the FBI director who was in charge of that investigation, so did he. Nothing. And the deputy associate FBI director was cheating on his wife. So did he. And I could go on and on. Maybe I should. No big deal. Carl Bernstein, they keep rolling this this ton of lard out in front of the uh, constipated news network. Cut to Mr. Producer, go. Essential bottom line of reporting uh, is to reach the people, the readers and the viewers with what Bob Woodward and myself for 50 years now have called. I can't even speak English. It's not Bob Woodward and myself. It's Bob Woodward and I. guy's illiterate. He's a hanger-on. He held on to Woodward as tightly as he could, and Woodward's barely literate himself. Go ahead. Best obtainable version of the truth, which means even in some of the commentary, or a lot of the commentary, that it, that it ought to be repertorially based. At least I, I hope I try to do that when I'm doing commentary. But more than that, you know, well, you fail. This- you fail, you big fat slop. Go ahead book chasing history yeah. i think the most important line in the book it's about what i learned as a 16 17 18 year old going to work in journalism is the line that i was taught by great reporters covering civil rights and that is that the truth is not neutral the truth is not neutral that doesn't mean that we we have to be fair in all we cover we have to give acknowledgement to two sides we have to be judicious but not judicial i know there's been a lot of a lot of angst about that for instance calling donald trump not on on this network but all over a criminal well, you know, we called Nixon a criminal president. So you see, yeah. folks, we got to go for the truth. It's not neutral. Donald Trump is a criminal. We have to say it. Well, Donald Trump hasn't even been charged. No, no, you don't understand. He's a criminal. You have to tell the truth. 
It may not be neutral, but you have to tell the truth. Same network that has John Dean on there and Michael Cohen on there and was in love with Michael Avenatti. Oh, yeah. Have to tell the truth. Now, come on. So what is the purpose of this big fat slob carbon footprint being on CNN? I thought CNN was trying to be a a news operation. Well, as long as you roll this human wheelbarrow into the studio, it's not. As long as you keep that freak Jim Acosta there, who's constantly looks like he's sitting on a cucumber, it's not. As long as you have to pry open the Wolf Blitzer's eyes with toothpicks, it's not. And your ratings are dead. I'll be right back. The liberals and the Republicans don't like him, but America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. Abigail Spanberger is a Democrat in Virginia. She's a pretender to moderation. She served in the FBI, and Andrea Mitchell uses her, of course, to attack Trump, and she's happily doing so. And I just want the people in that Virginia district to understand Abigail Spanberger is no moderate. Not in any way. She's never voted as a moderate. She voted for Pelosi. She voted for two impeachments. She voted for the January 6th committee. She voted to double the size of the Internal Revenue Service with 170,000 agents now. She voted to increase your taxes. She voted against fossil fuel to increase the costs and reduce the availability of gasoline. She is a radical. I don't care what she sounds like. I don't care what she was. I will prove it. Cut for go. How do you feel also or concerned are you about the spike in threats against federal law enforcement officials, the FBI and others, especially after the Mar-a-Lago? I don't know, Andrea. How do you feel about the increased threats against law enforcement that have been going on? at least since the summer of 2020. How many shows have you done on how many cops have been murdered? I'm not talking about threats. Murdered in cold blood, including today another deputy sheriff. Do you want any shows on that, Andrea? Of course not. Do you want any shows on murder in the street, rape in the street, what's going on in this country? How often you've been down to the border, Andrea, to see the mayhem that's going on there because of your buddy, Joe Biden. Oh, she's known Joe Biden a long time. Andrea, you concerned about the child molestation on the border, Andrea? How many shows have you done on that? You concerned about 4.9 million people coming into this country, 900,000 getaways, Andrea, MS-13, fentanyl, women being raped? Andrea, how many of those 900,000 are terrorists, Andrea? Law enforcement. You support ICE, Andrea? The Border Patrol? You have a funny way of showing it. Anyway, let's hear from uh, Scamberger. Abigail Scamberger, who pretends to be a moderate. Go ahead. I'm a former federal law enforcement officer. I used to work narcotics and money laundering cases, and I worked many joint cases. So I assume you're out there speaking loudly on the floor of the House, demanding that the Democrat leadership secure the border, right? Not once. Fraud, phony, and fool. Go ahead. 
with FBI uh, throughout that time and, and other federal agencies and local agencies as well. Uh, and the idea that we would have career law enforcement officers who endeavor every single day to protect our communities, do extraordinary counterterrorism work, do extraordinary work to help. Uh, she doesn't mention our- McCabe. She doesn't mention Baker. Or the candlestick maker. She doesn't mention the lawyer who changed who changed a document to get the FOISA warrant against an innocent man. She doesn't mention any of those things. She doesn't mention the record of the FBI of late. It's a long record of trouble. Moderate. She's a moderate. Go ahead. Our communities working directly with local uh, and state agencies, the fact that they would now be at the center. By the way, the mayor of Miami, Mr. Producer, is a rhino. I just want the whole nation to understand that. Go ahead. Of uh, attacks and, uh, frankly, the former president's ire is is grotesquely disappointing. The fact that really it's grotesquely disappointing. Well, because you haven't been treated that way, Abigail Scamberger. What do you think if an FBI agent, I know you worked there, went through your closet? Think that would be a cool thing? Hmm? Or a phony dossier was used for two and a half years to try and destroy you and your family and your presidency. How about that, Scamberger? What do you think about that? I just want the people in Virginia to know she's no moderate. She is no moderate. She needs to be voted out. Absolutely. Out, out, out. Then there is Adam Schiffless. Is he still head of the Intelligence Committee? He should be in charge of the stupid committee. Cut one, go. Well, you could learn a lot from the affidavit. You could learn uh, what witnesses may have seen in terms of the handling of those documents or people coming and going from where the documents were located. Uh, you could learn about uh, whether representations were made that proved to be false in learn, terms of whether... You can learn, uh, you might learn this, you might learn that, you might learn this, you might learn that. The purpose of the Fourth Amendment is to protect the target, not the government. It's part of the Bill of Rights. This clown shift will be jumping up and down. Jumping up and down. If a criminal, a serial criminal, was treated this way. But just remember, anything goes when it's Donald Trump. You can violate the Fourth Amendment. You can justify it by saying the Constitution's an old document. We don't really believe in it anymore, except when we do. You understand. Go ahead. They've given up the classified information. Uh, you could learn a, a ah, great... Shut up, you idiot. Why are you even on TV? This guy doesn't believe in the Fourth Amendment, doesn't believe the January 6th committee should be balanced, doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Leaks Russia crap when he ran his committee, ran the impeachment. This guy, little fascist, little Marxist. You know, part of his district is Pasadena, California. Remember the parades in Pasadena, California? Remember when Pasadena, California was like Reagan country and John Wayne country? Remember that? It's a beautiful town, by the way. It's not the only area. Used to be Republican who represented that area. It was a marginal district. 
and it changed due to immigration over time. Now it's a diehard Democrat district. Used to be a Republican district as recently as, uh, let's see, 1998, how far along? Really, like 24 years ago. But not anymore. Now they have this pig, I mean this congressman. But don't worry, he's very objective. Cut seven, go. Well, first, I, I think the, the speaker has been uh, truly the most uh, impressive, incredible, and productive speaker in our history. In uh, our so- entire history. Nancy Eva Pelosi's been the most productive, incredible, impressive speaker in our history. Can you name 10 speakers? No, they can't. He's a suck-up. So he hopes she'll stay, you see, because... He's not really interested in replacing her as speaker, is he? But Nancy Pelosi, the most impressive speaker in American history, ladies and gentlemen, she's the most evil, vile, unconscionable, immoral, unprincipled, hello, my enemies, write it down, person to ever sit as speaker. Ever. In my humble opinion. On an economy like this, well, we all need as much help as we can get, don't we? If you own a business, I know you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help you. So I hope you'll listen. I hope you'll follow through because I'm here to help you. Mr. Producer, we haven't taken a call in a long time. Let's take one now. To whom shall I speak? Joe San Juan on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Joe? Good. How about yourself? Very well. Thank you, sir. Just two quickies on the Amara logo. Uh, The first is, I'm not quite sure why the Trump lawyers waited until this, until today, I guess it was, uh, to request a special master. Why wasn't that done immediately? Is there well, some legal was. reason? The president, the president told his lawyers to tell the Justice Department they want a special master. But they had to wait for this judge to do a few things. You know, the judge on Thursday, last Thursday, uh, made some decisions about what he would and wouldn't le- release when it came to the warrant. So that was a First Amendment issue. And they had to put together their 27-page document, which they obviously worked on over the weekend, and they filed it today. So I'd say that's pretty quick. You know, they don't have the entire army of the federal government behind them. A true story. The second thing is, regarding this judge, it sounds as though he was under a lot Not of pressure. Not a judge. So he- we got to be very clear about this, and I get your point. I'll let you finish, but he's a master. He never was voted on by the Senate. He doesn't have a lifetime appointment. He's effectively selected by the court. So he's not even a judge. They call him a master judge, but he's not a constitutional judge in the sense of the United States Constitution. And so my question has been, because a friend of mine said this to me as a former federal prosecutor, he said, look, and you'd know who it is. And he said, in all my years of practice, a matter like this, of this consequence, would have been handled by a full-fledged federal judge. But anyway, go ahead. Well, that, that was really kind of the point I have, 
that, that you just made. You know, and I'm I heard you make that uh, earlier last week. The thing I have, the question I have now is: Can the Trump lawyers request a change of venue regarding looking at these redactions? Because it seems to me that this magistrate would have an axe to grind. I think they're going to be in front of a, a full judge at some point, and I don't think it's a, you don't mean venue; you mean a, to tell the judge to re, the master to recuse himself. I think, but. Like- Exactly. I think if they can get some of what they need here, I think that's perfectly fine. But I don't know. I, those typically don't work because it's a very incestuous system. Right. All right, my friend. Enjoy the weather there. Anyone else, Mr. Producer? WJNO, our great affiliate, Larry Lake Park, Florida. Go, please. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I just first want to thank you for being my professor of uh, political science for the last 12 years. I, uh, well, thank you. It's just been an amazing journey uh, with you. But uh, my question tonight kind. is, uh, is, is can, this, can uh, Justice Alito, who has jurisdiction over the 11th Circuit, sua sponte, call up on his own motion, jurisdiction over, over the uh, warrant? Does Alito have jurisdiction over the 11th? I don't think so. That's my understanding is that he's that he's the 11th Circuit Justice. I'd have to look that up. I thought it was uh, more north northeast than south southeast. Uh, but your question is any justice? The answer is no. You have to go through the appellate process. So there's no, they, the justices don't have that sua sponte uh, ability to call up. I mean, they do, but they won't. They're going to want a factual record. At a minimum, and they don't have one yet, and they don't they don't serve as district courts, you know, to get a factual record. It's not simply a constitutional dispute between two branches of government here. It's now a factual dispute over the records, who took what, what's included in the records. That stuff has to be kind of sorted out. Even All right, my friend, thank you for your call. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is breaking news at Just the News. John Solomon. Long before it professed no prior knowledge of the raid on Donald Trump's estate, the Biden White House worked directly with the Justice Department and the National Archives to instigate the criminal probe into alleged mishandling of documents, allowing the FBI to review evidence retrieved from Mar-a-Lago this spring and eliminating the 45th president's claims to executive privilege, according to contemporaneous government documents reviewed by Just the News. The memos show then White House Deputy Counsel Jonathan Sue, that's S-U, was engaged in conversations with the FBI, DOJ, and National Archives, as early as April, shortly after 15 boxes of classified and other materials were voluntarily returned to the Federal Historical Agency from Trump's Florida home. By May, lawyer Sue conveyed to the archives that President Biden would not object to waiving his predecessor's claims of executive claims, a decision that opened the door for DOJ to get a grand jury to issue a subpoena compelling Trump to turn over any remaining materials he possessed from his presidency. 
The machinations are summarized in several memos and emails exchanged between the various agencies in spring 2022, months before the FBI took the added unprecedented step of raiding Trump's Florida compound <coughs> excuse me, with a court-issued search warrant. The most complete summary was contained in a long letter dated May 10 that acting National Archivist Deborah Steidel, Deborah Steidel-Wall, sent Trump's lawyers summarizing the White House's involvement. On April 11, 2022, the White House Counsel's Office, I'm just reading something, affirming a request from the Department of Justice supported an FBI letterhead memorandum formally transmitted a request to the archives provide the FBI access to the 15 boxes for its review within seven days. That letter revealed Biden empowered the archives to waive any claims of executive privilege that Trump might wage to block the department from gaining access to the documents. The memos provide the most definitive evidence to date of the current White House's effort to facilitate a criminal probe of the man Joe Biden beat in 2020 election and may face again as a challenger in 2024, he writes. That involvement included eliminating one of the legal defenses Trump might use to fight the FBI over access to his documents. I strongly encourage you to read it. It will be on our website, MarkLevinShow.com, after the program. I knew it. Biden knew. The White House knew. They're all behind it. I didn't have it earlier. I would have expanded on it. All right, folks. Thank you. All our heroes, we salute you. Don't miss the program tomorrow. See you tomorrow.